Hey everybody, welcome to the Founder Hour. This is your co-host Posh. I'm, I'm here Pat. with Pat. And we're so excited to be here with Alex Cantor. Hey guys, uh, thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely. Yeah. And you guys might recognize his last name, Cantor. Uh, it's part of the Cantor's Deli family. And we'll definitely talk about that story. Um, but before we get into that story, Alex, um, tell us a little bit about your upbringing, you know, how you grew up and, you know, obviously your family was a big part of that. So you could go as far back as you want and, uh, give people an idea of who Alex Cantor is. Yeah, let's do it. So I'll, uh, I'll back all the way up and start with kind of the origin story of Cantor's and, and where it's at today. Um, my great grandfather, um, moved to Los Angeles and opened Canner's Deli in Boyle Heights in 1931. It's two years after the Great Depression. Uh, all the Jews um, in Los Angeles were all huddled around the Boyle Heights area. So it was a, a natural location choice. And it started as this tiny little deli counter. You'd walk in, order a pastrami sandwich, corned beef sandwich, um, all, the, all the classic Eastern yeah. European meats. Mm-hmm. And... Um, him, him, and uh, some of some of the brothers in the Canner family um, were, had come from from kind of the the restaurant deli scene that was happening in New York, um, mm-hmm. and so uh, my great grandfather ended up uh, passing it down to some of his kids. My, my grandfather, Alan Cantor, who actually uh, just recently passed away, mm-hmm. um, he actually worked there over sixty five years. Um, my dad grew up working there. He he started when he was uh, about seventeen. He 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 began full time, and he hasn't looked back since. Mm-hmm. And he's still working there. Yeah, he's he's there every day. He Is nev- he like the CEO of the company, or he's uh we don't have a, a very formal structure. Right, right. It's a it's a very family so yeah family style business. Yeah. <laughs> it's about seven people in my family that still okay. are involved and work work mm-hmm. in and out of mm-hmm. the restaurant um, today. Um, I also had the unique upbringing of, of spending a lot of time at Canners um, as a child, and I started working there when I was about 11, 12 years old, um, waiting tables, learning uh, how, how the whole deli worked, and, and going upstairs, learning how to bake all the, the items up there. Um, and my job, just like everyone else, was to, to pass the torch forward, uh, adopt the business for the next generation, bring in new technology. Um, along the way, like one of the big initiatives that I was a part of was we we actually redid the entire menu from scratch. Um, we we eliminated about 50 items, added like 20 to 30 yeah. items. It was a total overhaul, mm-hmm. and that was that was like a really big summer project where my dad and I got to to collaborate. It was a a great experience. Alex, I'm curious. You know, growing up, you said you started at what 12 years old. Was there this automatic expectation that you would be a part of this business? I mean, was there any other option in life? Um, it's it's funny you say that. Um, when when I was, I think I was about five, six years old. Um, the staff would would call me Mini Patron, which means little boss. Little boss, yeah. yeah. And I I always had this expectation that I would be involved in the business, just like everyone else in my family had. Um, my mom had always told me, like, run away, go as far as possible away yeah. from, from this family business. And, you know, it's, it's too much. <laughs> it's such a big operation. It's, it's 30,000 square feet, 100, yeah. 180 full-time employees, 24-7. We never close on holidays. In fact, really? ho- holidays are the biggest, yeah. Yeah. Uh, busiest days of the year by far. And, um, and it was always something that I was interested in. I mean, I, 
I learned very early on um, skills that were related to you know hiring and firing people and how to treat employees well and and just uh, ho- general hospitality uh, business and and it, it was exciting and it also felt like this this weight on my shoulders a little bit as well because um, it's it's a big institution and it's got this legacy that that ha- there's there's definitely a sense of pressure like don't fuck this up <laughs> yeah, yeah um so you start at 12 years old working there did you like it i did um i i didn't really have anything to compare it to yeah um and th- that's kind of how i feel about like my dad and my grandfather like when i asked them like you know do you enjoy this that they kind of like shrug their shoulders like yeah i mean <laughs> we don't Even know today. we don't know anything else right. <laughs> um yeah, I mean, for for me, I was the first in my family uh, to, well, my grandpa had gone to college uh, at USC for mm-hmm. one year and then dropped out to help his parents out at the deli. My dad didn't go to college, and then I was the first one to really say, like, I think it's it's good for me to go away, mm-hmm. um, learn learn business in college, and then come, college? come back. I went to University of Mad- of Wisconsin, Madison. Okay, so you did move as far away as possible. Yeah. <laughs> so you listened to, to your mom for a little yeah. bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she, she pushed me out the door. And yeah. even, like, after I left, my dad was like, wait, is he, like, leaving, leaving? For good. <laughs> for good. Yeah. Do I need to find? Do I need and, a and, son? Or like? And throughout the four years that I was in college in Madison, I, I was constantly working on different components of the business. I redid our website. I brought in a point of sale system. I began. You uh, studied business. What you studied business? Um, yes. Yeah, I studied yeah. economics and entrepreneurship um, at Madison. Um, pretty pretty amazing school. A lot of fun and also uh, really great pr- professors and. Um, coursework and and I really enjoyed learning about business yeah. um, outside of the family business and a lot of it was relatable to right what we were doing in the in the restaurant. Did it even well. feel like work though, like working on the family business, or was it just kind of part of life for you? It was pretty much part of life, I would say. Yeah. I mean, it, it never ended too. So yeah. I would like go to Canners, um, work all day, just kind of learning all these different components of the business, and then I get home and my dad and I would continue working on what we were going to be posting on facebook or yeah um what we were going to do about putting table cards on the on the tables the, the following week it, it was it's kind of constant even like every sunday my entire family would go to, to dinner out to dinner and not at canters not at canters <laughs> we had a rotation of different restaurants that we we'd go to all over los angeles do you remember some of them i do yeah we um uh, we used to go to um Oh, so many. We we love El Coyote. Um, we would go to Angelino on Beverly. Angelino um, Osteria? Uh, Angelino, Angelino Cafe. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, Pranzo, uh, Hamburger Habit, Tony Roma's, uh, just pretty much everywhere Classic around that area. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. And um, and while we would be you know eating and having dinner together, pretty much the entire time, just straight business talk, mm-hmm. like you know what's going on with this one employee, or right. we caught someone stealing, or yeah, um, just sharing different stories of what was going on. And did you go to college with the kind of the hope of like you know I'll learn like a different perspective as opposed to something that's like a little bit different than the family business? And like what was kind of your um, vision for like post college? Sure. Um, well, I I didn't really have a a vision for what post college would be. I figured like I'd figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, growing up in the business, I feel like I always had these entrepreneurial ideas. Like, um, 
for mainly expansion. So I wanted to look at different ways to bring canners outside of the four walls of Fairfax. Um, and that meant through um, creating product lines, like uh, one, one idea that I was really excited about was maybe looking at doing mustards or jarring our pickles mm-hmm. and bringing that outside of... Like selling uh, it in like Whole Foods or like stores like that? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Going more uh, on the distribution side. Yeah. Um, and then a, a couple of other ideas that I had in like the, the licensing and, and actually adding additional locations. So, so recently... Um, we actually did open two additional delivery-only facilities that are in downtown L.A. and Pasadena, where it's basically canner's food in a room that's 10 by 18 feet. Um, it's, it's, a fulfill, it's a fulfillment center. Um, there's no sign on the door. There's no front of house, no menu, no dishes to clean. It's just two people cranking out food for Uber Eats and Postmates and DoorDash. Like if you live in Pasadena, you can just order from Cantor's and it'll show up on their DoorDash. And same exactly. quality, same food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, uh, we, it, it was our way of expanding our footprint mm-hmm. without having mm-hmm. to invest in all this crazy you know, infrastructure. You know, and that's interesting because, so I worked in hospitality for a little while as well after college, well, after law school. But one thing that, the, what I saw trending was that there was a lot of these third-party apps, you know, like the Uber Eats and the Postmates, DoorDash, all those guys. And a lot of people in our generation, you know, the millennial generation, is staying was staying at home. Or still currently, they're just, they like to stay at home. They like to watch movies and TV at home, and which meant that they were going out less, which means they were ordering in more. And a lot of restaurants, to this day, are having a hard time understanding that. Like, they're not yeah. ready and willing to change their ways because it's working. So what gave you that foresight to say, okay, and you're a part of that generation, you know, maybe we should focus on this, even though I might get some sort of, you know, negative feedback or backlash from the older canters. Sure. So when, when we were first thinking about the, the whole delivery game and, and the business there, we, we had obviously had some prior experience with catering. Um, and at one point, we even had our own delivery drivers so people can call in and place right. orders. But then um, all these little online ordering services started popping up, starting with Grubhub, mm-hmm. E24, DoorDash, Postmates, Uber Eats, Caviar, Delivery.com. Uh, the list goes on. Um, and we were a little hesitant at first to to embrace it because part of our you know part of Canners is the the experience of walking in. It's, right. it's this old school place. Um, you know, it's, it's a sit-down experience. So we weren't sure if it would translate or not. Um, and once we started testing it, it was, it was pretty obvious that it was, it was a good decision for us. Mm-hmm. Um, we were selling, a, we were cranking out matzo ball soup, which is, um, you know, one of our more popular mm-hmm. items but has great, great margins for, for profitability. And so we, we were excited by the initial results and, and felt like it was something worth pursuing mm-hmm. further and really investing in. Yeah, and, and going all out with. And do you know if these were like people who had maybe like been to Cantor's and like maybe moved out to that side and wanted that same experience, or was it like brand new people that had never even like heard of Cantor's just finding out about you guys? I would both? say um, because the delivery radius is about three miles, yeah. it's mainly people in the area of Cantor's. So I would expect most people who are ordering from us to actually like know who no. we are, and may- maybe they've been there, maybe they've heard of us. Right. Um, but for me, as a as a user of these apps. Oftentimes, I am that millennial at home who's 
looking to order, you know, yeah. Thai food. I'm scrolling through yeah. Uber Eats on my phone. I find a restaurant and I place an order. I have no idea where that where that restaurant's located. No I don't even know what it's called. Yeah, it just looks but because they're listed in that app, they they exist, and it's yeah. it's now something that I'm going to order from rather like California than California Thai cuisine. You're like, sure, sounds yeah, so sounds authentic. good. Yeah, <laughs> like whatever. Yeah. Let's roll. Let's roll with that. So, did you see success when you guys rolled that out? Um, yeah, we were we were pretty overwhelmed um, when we when we first started with it. We we had no idea it was going to grow to become what is now thirty percent of our business really? as a restaurant. Yeah, wow. So delivery kind of exploded for us. That's insane. Um, and and we were, I mean, we were not prepared for it. Our kitchen was not set up for it. Yeah, um, we had to learn. Like there was a lot of learning costs. I would I would actually take. Uh, 10 to 20 items at a time and put them in my car and drive around the block a couple times and see how it held up. So like checking the temperature and yeah. seeing if the, you know, potato pancakes right. stayed crispy. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and we learned that we, you know, the whole, we have a huge menu at Canners, like right. 250 items. Yeah. Um, and at first we just kind of put everything on there Yeah. and we, we learned what needed to be adjusted and, and what needed to be removed completely, like our milkshakes weren't holding up very well. And I'm sure, like um, as a you know, kind of a neighborhood go-to spot, like you wanted yeah. to maintain that level of like, you know, quality Excellent, and authenticity, yeah. as opposed to like, you know, if you order Chipotle on, you know, it's like if it becomes a little soggy, like it's it's expected, but like you want you want it to be like fresh, right? Because like the thing is, the same customer that's ordering online is probably going to want to go in to the store as well eventually. Right. But if they have a bad experience, they're going to be like, well, maybe something's wrong here. What's, what's going yeah. on? Well, when somebody has a good experience at a restaurant, on average, they tell two to three people. Mm. And when someone has a bad experience at a restaurant, on average, they tell about 11 people. Really? So it's really, you know, it's, it's hard just in general to, to That's be why in this, Yelp in is this so business. successful, huh? <laughs> yeah. Because all these yeah. negative fucking reviews. Nobody's yeah, going on there and being like, yeah, great restaurant. Y- I've never met a restaurant owner that loves Yelp. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> yeah. Think, I don't think any of them like Yelp. Yeah, but but sure. I actually, I, I really, I personally like Yelp and I use it frequently as a user. And then from a restaurant owner's perspective, I understand how important it is for our business. So, yeah. um, you know, when we are getting people with negative comments it's important to to take that feedback there's not a lot of great uh feedback channels in the restaurant industry so Mm -hmm. as a restaurant owner it's really important to actually read your yelp Yelp well there's really no incentive for customers to give their feedback that's true although we we do uh we do that free check check in to get some free dessert exactly exactly. (laughs) who's gonna leave a bad review after after getting free dessert (laughs) so alex after you came back from madison you automatically went back to work at Cantor's or I mean actually before I ask that have you ever had another job besides working at Cantor's um I have yeah I um I actually was experimenting with with entrepreneurship in college a bit mm-hmm. I started a couple of companies one was trying to throw big events and eventually a music festival in Madison um, oh God, I just watched the fire festival oh uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah fire fire festival was not not the best uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> result but um, I, I've I'd got gro- mm-hmm. grown up going to a lot of festivals, and I yeah. felt like Madison was fundamentally missing, missing one, and and I wanted to like bring that to the city. So I tried to go down that path, and I realized you know I'm not the most organized person, <laughs> and to organize a festival yeah, takes a very. What was the music high. scene like out there? I mean, was it like just like all kinds of music, or was it focused on one particular? Yeah, it's it's a pretty 
um, Madison is surprisingly a, a very arts-driven com- community. Um, there's a lot of, of big talent that passes through. There's a lot of great venues um, mm. for, for you know, electronic and hip-hop and uh, just just local bands. It's, it's a pretty active scene, I would mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was always confused why there wasn't a, a big festival, so I wanted to, yeah. to throw that. But... Um, I also started a, a company that was looking to help local artists who were in the art program um, of Madison sell their artwork that they were submitting in their classes and giving them like a channel to distribute it like yeah. digitally. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd always been interested in, in starting companies. Um, and and I, uh, I got back to LA and I, I was working at a couple different food technology platforms. I was working at this one food truck booking agency um, and just kind of getting my feet wet with with how I can tie my passion for technology and entrepreneurship mm-hmm. with my experience in the in the restaurant world. Yeah, and the reason I ask that is because I feel like a lot of family business owners that have been you know haven't been in business for many years, a lot of it is just like you expect that oh you're going to pass it on to the next generation. But I really do think that there's a value in either doing your own thing for a little while or working for somebody else and then going back, you know, like bringing a different outside perspective because that's the only way I personally see a company growing or a family business growing is by that one or two people being like, I love this family business and all, but there's got to be something more. Like these folks are doing these, this thing, this fo- these folks are doing something else. How do we bring that to, you know, in this case, canters, right? Yeah, like, did, I, I, did you feel uh, that? I did. I, I actually, I would always joke with, with my dad. I would say, I'm going to go work at some other restaurant and figure <laughs> out how they how they do yeah. this. Because I would get very frustrated when we didn't have like legitimate processes. What's, or, the, what's the other one? What's the link? Is it like, Langers. Langers. Yeah. I'm going to go work at Langers. Yeah. <laughs> you can't say their name. Yeah, yeah don't, don't say the L word. Yeah, the L word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> actually, I love the number 19, but yeah, I have yeah. to go in there with a hat on so yeah. nobody recognizes you. <laughs> Yeah, the competition's um, good. Competition's good. Yeah, yeah no, I good. actually I'm very supportive of the the other Jewish delis. I think yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it's actually like it's important that that the other delis are good and and yeah. people, if someone has a bad experience at you know Nate and Al's or mm-hmm. Art's Deli, like it may actually deter them from wanting to come to Canners in, right. in the future. So so I I respect and and there's enough space for yeah. We all help each yeah. other out. Yeah. When uh, when we're out of you know we get calls sometimes from. Other delis like we're out of rye bread. Like, can you help us? And we we, we really? like yeah, we share cool. resources. It's That's like, awesome. It's a community for sure. That's awesome. So, um, just to kind of I guess put it in perspective. So you uh, gra- uh, you graduate, you come back, and then is that when you went and worked at those the food truck place and stuff? And then uh, where did that go from there? Like, is that you know kind of what led to Ordermark, or what were you still working with at Cantor's? Um, I, I was al- I was always working at Canners while I was doing all these other projects for sure. Um, but basically, it, it started to kind of get me. I started to realize that like I I felt the need to to get involved and start something from scratch. Um, I'd always been working with other people and working in the family business, and, and I I wanted to bring all these ideas that I had come up with and experimented with and, and really start something from the ground up. Um, yeah, I would say a lot of different experiences led to led to where 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 I am now. Awesome. Yeah, we'll, we'll learn about how kind of the idea for Ordermark came about and kind of how it started and where it's at now on uh, tomorrow's uh, segment. Tune in.